The Perfect Ten. With Steve Allen, voice of the NRL and six-time Radio Award winner. Welcome to The Perfect Ten. This is part two with Chris Beckhouse, morning's announcer on Triple M Sydney. This episode, Becco rates his top five gigs of all time. It includes three US acts, one Irish group, and an Aussie band makes the cut as well. He also talks about his love of rock photography. Last episode, we finished with Becco being boned in Perth, then scoring a gig at Fox in Melbourne. He went back to Brisbane for about three years, and he revealed that he really wanted to work at Today FM. I had a whisper from someone saying, oh, your next move may surprise you, you know, and, and this is well before I got the phone call. And it's like, oh, you, you never know, like, never thought of a Triple M? And, and back then, that, that was that was the last thing I expected I'd end up at, you know. Even though I loved um, the music, and, and I think my iPod was full of uh, rock, you know, going to Triple M Sydney was probably not what I expected. And it was a scary prospect with a brand new station, a brand new breakfast show. Um, exciting move in the end. It was really good, but but scary at the same time. It's hard to imagine you playing pop. I know. No, it is when you look back. And, and I was loving that format. I mean, that's the thing. CHR and, 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 you know, Hit Music Top 40 is a really great, fun format to be on. I know you do mornings and also you jump into breakfast on Triple M, but you feel like there's a responsibility with the heritage of the M's. So you're in a seat that was occupied by Stuart Cranny, just a fantastic announcer. Uh, the Duck was in there, Uncle Doug, of course, legendary in Australian radio. The Veggies, the late Vic, and uh, also Mal, Denton, all preceded you at Triple M. So my question's around the heritage of the brand. That's the one thing Triple M does different to any other radio station in Sydney. We actually celebrate the past, and um, we have got so many legends who have occupied that seat. Not necessarily in the studio we're in now, but... Over the last 30, almost 40 years, we still talk about it. We still play audio from, um, you know, Denton, uh, you know, and his musical challenges. We embrace the history of, of all the great breakfast shows we had. Like, Mulray still comes up a conversation all the time with all the listeners. Um, but you don't get that with, with any other station. Like, Today FM, well, Kissed. But it's the one thing that Triple M does really well is uh, we talk about the past. We play the, the, the Dr. Dan theme song all the time, which was uh, made back in 1980. We get on Barb from reception, who has been on reception for the entire time uh, Triple M has been on air. And she is uh, brilliant and she's a great chat. So I, I think it's one of those things we um, are very aware of. You know, when you first join Triple M, they, they show you... Um, all this great history you know you go onto youtube and there's a 60 minute story of uh the forming of of, of triple m and and what it was like in the in the in the 80s and um you know that took me to have a few beers down at i think it's called a four in hand in glebe upstairs there's a big painting of doug mulray and uh you, you know you, it's something we we love is the 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 history of the station and i, I hope that continues you're also hosting a new rock show that's going nationwide tell us more um yeah it's called triple m aussie because we launched our own uh, dab digital radio station triple m aussie so it's simulcast uh, on that station as well being in sydney going to a lot of gigs uh you you have relationships with different promoters i, I, I photograph um a lot of bands as well during the week and, and you know I, I think i did a hundred and maybe 130 concerts last year yeah i was looking at some of the great photos of the past and of course Artists like Hendrix come to mind, Led Zeppelin, the early Beatles, Jim Morrison from The Doors. There's photos of him passed out on stages. What got you inspired to pick up the lens? What kind of camera are you using? And who have you looked at in the past? I know Gettys were huge, you know, back through the 1960s with some of those legendary photos. Uh, Tony Mott, who uh, is British but, but now lives in Australia, and you go through his portfolio, and he's been to everything. He was there 
to celebrate Queen's final gig at Nebworth and he then went to the after party and he, he's got stories for all these different artists he's photographed including the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger uh, you've got Ross Halfen who uh, he flies all around the world and he gets incredible access to all the stars it's, it's also the getting the portraits as well it's not just being able to be in the pit and get a photo of a, of a gig but it's also being able to get access to the, the, the amazing portraits they do and um, I looked up to those guys but what, what it was was I, I literally just was going to all these gigs anyway and I thought I'd love to bring a camera and actually go in for the first couple of songs and get some shots and if I get some good ones that's great and if I'm terrible at it well I know I tried. Can you plug where we can find your photos? And is there a photo that stands out for you out of all the ones you've taken so far? So Beko Insta is where they all are. Look, I think the Foo Fighters was the first major gig I, I did, and I'm, I'm still really proud of that. And I had a friend of mine, Ash, who loaned loan me his lens, which made all the difference because I had a tiny lens and it just would not have worked. And got some great shots of Dave Grohl. Uh, Gang of Youths, about a year ago now, was, was incredible. The lighting was amazing, and the band just played it up really well and Greta Van Fleet and I was lucky enough to, to see Cold Chisel oh, Midnight Oil was great at Anita's Thurul as well um, you know to get right in there um, with uh, Midnight Oil and Full Flight it's pretty special so uh, there's, there's a few there and, and there's, uh, hopefully there's many more to come Was it Astrid Kircher that filmed The Beatles and had the relationship with Stuart Sutcliffe, the fifth Beatle. Yeah, I have no idea, don't I? <laughs> I think it was. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah. You seem to make a pilgrimage to LA virtually every year. Tell us more about some of the gigs you've been to there and some of the venues. Yeah, well, it's funny. I've got friends at K-Rock and, and I go over and visit them and, and I got to go to uh, you know Cody and Lauren's wedding who, who both worked at K-Rock and that's how they met. I love those guys over there. They're really cool to hang out with. And Adrian, the head of promotions, you know, I'd just go over and we'd go to gigs. And because K-Rock is um, really a powerhouse, they do a lot of concerts, a lot of uh, events and, and festivals. And, you know, I, I got to go and see, say, The Offspring um, with Sublime, you know, in Orange County. And that was a tiny little gig in this, this, this amazing amphitheater, which got pulled down last year, unfortunately. You know, Royal Blood at the Viper Room. Got to see, you know, Incubus and Lana Del Rey and Lord and, and, and later on also Green Day. Got to see Green Day at the Hollywood Palladium, which is a, kind of like a small entertainment centre, like a nice size. And to see Green Day in a room that big is uh, pretty cool. It's amazing to hear you talk about this when you say that as a young guy in Canberra, you never really went to many gigs. Pretty conservative upbringing. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, parents, um, rightfully so, are pretty strict, I think. They, they want to keep on the straight and narrow. And I had friends who were in bands, and they were, they, were, they were sort of playing in the garage. And in fact, we formed our own sort of garage band. I think we just did one concert at the Woden uh, Youth Centre once. What were you? Lead vocals? I was lead vocals. Have you got a top five gigs of all time? Actually, you know what? Foo Fighters on Goat Island um, five years ago was probably the number one because it was still to this day the longest Foo Fighters gig they've ever done massive build up to have them in Sydney and playing the harbour yeah I mean you, you two at the Rose Bowl um, uh, Green Day in Hollywood I think would be right up there um, even even Green Day when they did the Bulletin Bible tour you know seeing them in Melbourne then there are other ones like um, Eskimo Joe at the Opera House you know last year that, that, that was really really amazing Chris Cornell uh, about Four years ago at the Opera House would probably be around in, in the top five. Cause, and not just because we lost him two years ago, but, uh, but it was just Chris Cornell with a bunch of um, 
you know, guitars behind him, just playing on his own. There was no band or no, no support. And uh, his voice is, it, it just showed how amazing and how strong his voice was. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's been a few I, I could talk for hours. The place where people would be surprised that you frequent is uh, Netball New South Wales. <laughs> You've been involved with both the Swifts and the Giants for probably close to a decade. Yeah, it, it has been almost uh, yeah nine or ten years, I guess. Um, I, I was working with the the Firebirds in Brisbane before I moved down and I uh, developed a real love for the game. Uh, I knew nothing about netball when I first started and it was just really fun to get along and be involved with sport. The family uh, at Netball New South Wales, they're really great. Netball's in a really good position at the moment. They're, they're selling out arenas and they're great with the grassroots stuff as well, you know, with uh, the, the clinics and the juniors coming through. So, um, no, we're very lucky in Sydney to have two really good teams and um, Sydney should be very thankful for that. I'd say the girls are some of the best role models in Australian sport. A lot of other sports could learn from them. Becco, uh, finally, I know you want to say a couple of words about the great man Jamie Angel. He's a, a friend of a great friend of mine, Rod Rod Radio God, otherwise known as Rod McLeod. What would you say about Jamie Angel? Well, the thing is, there's a lot of people here I look, look up to and I've been mentored by, um, and whether it's you know listening to Cubby on Z100, whether it's listening to Striker on K-Rock, in LA but then there's those great jocks in Australia which we kind of forget about but Jamie is one of those guys who has been off air probably for years now but you can throw him on air and you'll still learn so much from hearing someone like that just jump on air no preparation and make it work And but as a boss now he's, he's been a great supporter and um, loves making great radio I think that's the best thing about it you feel that passion for the, the product of, of Triple M and um, it rubs off on everyone Becco are you surprised by the buzz that's come out of uh, part one of the podcast I mean tens of thousands have made comments about how awesome part one was <laughs> <laughs> yeah ten, tens of tens <laughs> but no it's been great to chat and look we you know it's great to have you as a mate and, and we, we enjoy our time at the netball every week and uh, it's, it's been really fun. That is Chris Beckhouse, Becco from Triple M Sydney on The Perfect Ten. Coming up, a guy who had a dream in his early 30s and then achieved stardom performing in some of the biggest cities around the world. Hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Perfect Ten. We'll catch you next time. The Perfect Ten.